Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Violent street crime and Mayor Lori Lightfoot's collapse in the face of it, her inability to handle it, her endorsement of soft-on-crime Soros prosecutor Kim Fox as a means of kissing Boss Tony's hand and suing for peace. These are the issues facing Chicago, and the number one issue in the Chicago mayoral campaign is street crime. Because if you don't feel safe, if you're constantly worried about becoming a victim, with those thousands upon thousands of emergency 911 calls going unanswered because of lack of police, well, there's a problem. The city will die. And there's another issue. With progressive Chicago media, meaning all media, in the tank for either Lightfoot or Chewy Garcia, another critical issue sticks its snaky head up and is about to bite. With the city of Chicago circling the drain on finances, crime, and schools, and with the media broken on the rocks of their own identity politics, how can the people of Chicago trust what they're reading or hearing at this most critical time? The city is in the balance, on the precipice, and thousands upon thousands of Chicagoans still want to stay. But they need credible information to make decisions for themselves and for their families. And that is what brings me to a tweet from the well-respected independent news outlet CWB Chicago about Lightfoot's commander of the Chicago Police 1st District, David Harris. And he was boasting about the reduction of crime. CWB called his claims pure fantasy. His is the district that takes in the Loop, Bronzeville, and the adjacent lakefront areas. Commander Harris showed up on Steve Cochran's morning show on WLS AM 890 to brag about his leadership and crime reductions. He reduced crime more than 40%, he said. And Cochran was completely gullible, naive, trusting, credulous. Credulous is defined in the dictionary as having or showing too great a readiness to believe things. A ceremony staged for credulous tourists, or perhaps for voters determined to play the chumbalone for Lightfoot and WLS. But here's the thing. As potential victims of crime, as people who are trying to decide whether you're going to stay or go, whether you're looking for leadership out of City Hall on issues that you care about, can you really afford to be a chum alone? For your family's sake, I mean. According to the CWB Chicago story that they tweeted out, and I'm reading from here, quote, a CPD commander claimed on WLSAM this week that crime has dropped 44% under his leadership. It is actually up 30%, unquote. 
And as a former WLS host myself, I read that CWB report and found it to be excruciatingly painful. Quote, when talk show host Steve Cochran asked Commander David Harris what he credited the incredible statistical improvement to, Harris replied, quote, well, I'm going to have to brag a little bit. One, my leadership. <laughs> His leadership. Among the leadership tools Harris said he employs are, are walking the hallways at the police station, leading from the front. Is that how you lead? From the front in the hallway? Okay, Commander. And awarding a giant wrestling belt to the cops who do a good job. Perhaps it's appropriate that Harris would find, would use a wrestling belt, said CWB, because like wrestling, the crime statistics he listed on WLS were fake, CWB said. Listen to this. Brag on your numbers a little bit, Cochran's co-host told Harris in the Monday morning interview, because I know... When we hear the numbers that come out, overall, we hear that these stats all the time, crime's up, crime's up, crime's up, but technically in the first district, they're down since you took over in June. And a CWB continues, absolutely, Harris replied. Yeah, I took over in June, and since then, overall crime is down 44%. That's huge. Cochran replied, wow, he echoed his co-host, that's huge, WLS, you bunch of chumbalones. According to CWB, CWB listed the Chicago Police Department's own statistical district-by-district district breakdown of crime, and it was all a lie. Ouch. I tweeted this out the other night, and I kept looking for WLS to respond, but they didn't. Is silence consent? But Lightfoot is desperate to tell us that she's not all that big a failure when it comes to crime, and she delivers the pizza, and she puts out her through her mouthpieces that her dealing on crime is getting better and better. Yeah, it's improving. Really, Lori? Really? Tell it to the women who have to ride the CTA rapid transit alone to and from work at night. Most of them are minority women. Tell it to them how great it is on the CTA. How crime-free they are now. If CWB Chicago's story is true, and so far I have not heard one complaint, will that police commander be disciplined? Fired for filing a false report? It's in the regulations. Apparently, you can't file a false report. Is it okay to lie falsely to media and have WLS or other so-called journals who chatter like empty-headed magpies about speaking truth to power ever demand an accounting from Lightfoot or CPD Brass? The people want to know. What I'm hearing is crickets. And even crickets in Chicago tell a story, even though now it's cold, so they're probably dead. But if they were alive, they would be silent. 
Because if the mayor at City Hall feared political pain for lying to an established media outlet on the critical issue of crime, if City Hall were afraid of lying that badly, 40% reductions in crime. Come on downtown. If they were so concerned about lying, then this wouldn't have happened. But they don't fear media because media is woke now. And they're woke. And they're all essentially on the same leftist page and of the same progressive tribe. Does WLS care? Don Wade wasn't of that tribe. He was the star morning host at WLS back in the day. We met when he began reading my columns out loud on his radio program. If this happened when Don Wade ran Morning Drive, he'd have blistered the mayor's skin with monologues until she came crawling to WLS, pulling the political head of the police commander in a burlap sack behind her. WLS was not squish radio when Don Wade was there. It wasn't combine radio either, going out of its way to mock conservative listeners. It's combine radio now, though, and I don't really care what their politics is, and I don't care that they mock their listeners. It's up to the listeners to decide what they want. You can't lie to readers or listeners. They know it. They sense it. And we're going to talk about this and the Chicago mayoral campaign with Alderman Raymond Lopez. Not running for mayor, but running for alderman of his 15th ward. And we'll talk with Jeff Carlin, co-host here, WGN producer. Jeff was Don Wade's producer. And I wonder what Jeff thinks Don Wade would have done about those, that CWB story and the alleged police brass lies. And I'm John Cass, husband, father, editor-in-chief of your favorite website for common sense, johncastnews.com. Subscribe today. Subscribe for a year. You keep subscribing, and I'll keep writing. And where are you? With violent crime devouring Chicago, with City Hall spinning its fantasies about crime, with media so broken on its own woke ideological rocks, that it won't even hold cops or radio stations accountable? This would have been a story just a few years ago. You're not alone. You're not in the dark. You're here with Alderman Ray Lopez, with Jeff Carlin and John Cass. You're in the No Chumbalone Zone on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN Plus. Look, the, the, the Chicago Way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago Way. The Chicago Way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand. Defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle.
Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Well, as I said, uh, we have Ray Lopez here, alderman of the 15th Ward, former mayoral campaign candidate, and now he's running for alderman. So uh, if there's anybody who can tell us about this issue of WLS and did the cop lie and CWB and those beautiful crime statistics that appeared out of nowhere on WLS radio, uh, that would be Ray Lopez. Welcome to the Chicago Ray way again, my friend, Ray. John, Jeff, great. Good morning to you. Happy to be back in any capacity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, happy December. Welcome, uh, Dre. I, I, I'm so glad to get you on today, especially with the news uh, of, of the day, as John was alluding to or talking through in the monologue. Um, I, and then, the, of course, the bigger news a couple of weeks ago, you decided you're going to bow out of the mayor's race. And, and for those who may not have, have picked up on that earlier, uh, Ray, give us the, the, the refresher on, on your reasoning behind that. Well, I think, guys, clearly with crime down 92 percent, the mayor's done <laughs> such a great job. <laughs> There's no reason for me to run at 92 percent crime reduction. So back to life I go. <laughs> you, seriously, you were the critic uh, that took the crime issue to City Hall, held her to account. She didn't like it. She hated you. She had some of her media uh apostles out there smacking you around a bit calling you a show pony or something and even though i've seen you face down street gangs by yourself alone you brought this issue to her you brought this issue to the people uh you deserve some credit for this ray a lot of credit actually thank you i think that you know, I spoke to what was on everyone's mind. And even before the media recognized it as the number one issue, I knew it was the number one issue because I lived that experience and wasn't afraid to stand up for my ward or ultimately for the city. And I think that that really changed the dynamic, <clears throat> even in the of the campaign, even while I was in it, because what you saw was even the lefties tried to pivot to address violence um, in ways that... I found surprising uh, coming from some of the candidates who weren't necessarily law and order types. But at the end of the day, I'm still her number one critic. <clears throat> I have more rented space in her mind than probably her entire family and half the city council. And I intend to keep her feet to the fire for her remaining few months in office uh, because that's what needs to be done. Chicago needs a city council uh, leader who knows how to not only work government, but hold the administration accountable. And I've done that even this week yeah. by citing her ethics violations in, in her pay to play schemes with the Chicago fire to get $25,000 in contributions. And we could talk about that later as well. I'm a fire but at fan. The end of the yes. day, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, you know, John and Jeff, that politics is about numbers. It's about who gets the most votes to be able to either win outright or win in a runoff. And what I said when I filed 
is absolutely true. The more people in this race creates a clear and better path for the mayor to ease into the runoff and face a challenger who may be more extreme than her, who may be more to the left of her. And I saw that and I knew I was right. And I knew that her team saw it the moment she started quoting herself as the rational, sane choice. (laughs) Nowhere in the in this universe is Lori Lightfoot rational or sane. And for her to say that means she saw what I saw was that there is an opening for her to make it into a runoff against someone left of her, possibly someone who wanted to defund police or change the way we deal with criminals even worse. And then come off as the one who could save Chicago when she, in fact, is the one who destroyed Chicago. And I think that whatever people's feelings were, and I'm so thankful to the thousands of people that I met across the city who support and believed in me, is that I know that they were upset and frustrated with my decision, but I think they would have been exponentially more angry and upset if my decision was to stay in the race and it led to her being elected, reelected as mayor. Well, Ray, um, a lot of things have changed. One of them is that I haven't received yet your column that you were going to write <laughs> for John Cass News about being the mayoral candidate. But uh, now that you're not the mayoral candidate, what do I do with that empty space? I've got a hole to fill in the in the paper, man. I'm a we will. Publisher. I will write. I will. I will write a column called the candidate that was. There you go. I like it. And we'll talk and I'll talk about where I see the remaining 11 candidates in this race. That's good. Only 11. There's only 11. I think there's, uh, I thought there were nine, but I don't know. No, I I, I don't know. Johnson is how many candidates, one candidate or two. (laughs) Right. There you go. I mean, the farther left you go, apparently you can split yourself into, into several candidates, right? Can't you? It's like a biological issue. Right, exactly. Right. You, right. You can uh, replicate yourself. Yeah. Right. Uh, what are the, what are the not, things you were, you're worried about as a calculus and political calculus talking about that and, and trying to, to get her out because things have just been uh, just not very good under, under her. Although her ads would tell you differently in her, or, uh, police wonks would tell you differently. Uh, what do you what do you say when you see someone like uh, a Gator Bradley show up at, as like her left hand man appearing with that the day oh, she's <laughs> I mean, she I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but there's photos of her submitting all of her petitions. Ray, what do you it's, make of that? It's Lori, wait before we get into okay. Ray, you should know this, everybody, and if those of you who don't, and I'm sure many of you do. Gator Bradley uh, is the mouthpiece for Larry Hoover, king of the Disciple Nation. He's in prison. So right. with that as a preamble, nothing wrong against you, Gator, man. I love you, man. We're, we're all cool. <laughs> but, yeah, but you <laughs> no, have I'm, to tell I'm, people where he's coming from. Right. Well, I think I know Gator. I've known him for nearly a decade now. Um, personally, great guy. Yeah. Yeah. But in, but in the political sphere that we that we're operating in, uh, we have to recognize that not just Gator, but everyone in that picture of her with her 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 stack of uh, petitions, almost the same size as she was. Um, most of those people were paid to be in that picture, <clears throat> including Gator Bradley. <clears throat> so really? 
this isn't about a community activist showing up on his own time, on his own dime to support someone he believes in. This is someone standing with his employer. And no disrespect to Gator. We have plenty of people in a campaign on your staff. It's routine for individuals to hire people and you fill them in when you need space and bodies. Um, But I don't think anyone should take it as this is just a community leader standing. There were other people in that in that picture who I see get paid, I think, almost eleven thousand dollars a month by her campaign, standing with her, wearing her shirts, adding adding to the uh, diversity of the photo. Um, But that's what they're paid to do. And I get it. It's a marketing ploy. Right. Right. And that's all it is. The difference is now I've seen it with with Rich Daly and other candidates, white candidates. Let's move the black woman here front and center. Mm. Let's move the, you know, the Latino here. Do we have an Asian move the Asian here? When you're a white guy running, you have to have all these different food groups, ethnic food groups, you know, in (laughs) front of you. Um, The difference, though, is Gator Bradley is tied to Larry Hoover. Right. And in the old days when Ray Lopez was just coming up into politics, and when I was already an old man of politics, (laughs) there was a guy who just passed recently. His name was Tim Degnan, who was Mayor Daley's enforcer, political enforcer. And Tim Degnan, if he had seen like a mobster standing next to, you know, like say some, how you doing guy from, uh, from, uh, from, from, from Norwich or something standing, standing <laughs> next to uh, Rich Daly, he would have moved, uh, moved him out. He would have been in front and said, excuse me, what the, you know, bleep do you think you're doing with a Chesterfield or something, the camel hanging from his lips as he was talking to him. And two beefy cops on either side. <laughs> yeah, I, right? I, I think that just speaks volumes to the fact that the mayor just does not have the political sense of what's going on or who's in her pictures. Right. Yeah, you want to pause for a second? Yeah, hold on one second. Yeah. What are you working at? What, you don't want Go the on. guy to, to in, interact with his dog on your podcast, Jeff? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Well, who are who are these this cast of characters, Ray uh, barking behind you? Uh, the, Their names. The three please. that people most see on uh, Twitter or social media: uh, Monroe, Walter, and Lois. My Labrador uh, Retriever, Labrador Great Dane, and Labrador Border Collie rescues, uh, who are here with me in the house while we're getting work done. Excellent. I he, love it. He just loves to have vocal dogs because Labradors as hunting dogs are extremely vocal. And I'm sure you've got the whining going on like I get from Zeus. You got a lot of whining with those dogs, no? I get I get a lot of hugs, a lot of barking. <laughs> and oftentimes my residents, since they know that I bring at least the three big ones with me to the office, because right. we have seven total. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to call my alderman if you were in my neighbor. <laughs> but people come to see the dogs more than they come to see me. So that's <laughs> well, maybe you could get a, like a companion animal for WLS and uh, commander Harris, because the other day he was on, uh, on uh, Steve Cochran's morning show. And at that time, according to CWB Chicago, the rec- the, 
rec- uh, you know, recognized and authoritative mm-hmm. voices on voice on crime. Harris claimed that he had reduced crime by 40% in the first district when actually it went up 30%. Uh, when a, when a polit when a cop, a senior police official can go on and apparently according to CWB lie to the people of Chicago, that means the mayor of Chicago, uh, is fine with it. But what does that mean to the people when even the, even the cops are not afraid of lying lying on WLS. I mean, I could just imagine when I, I was a, a host there, Jeff was a yeah. producer there. I could just imagine if you could remember Ray and Jeff, Don Wade. Yeah. If Don, Don Wade, Wade Roman. Yeah. I could just imagine Don Wade reading that same story, CWB, and coming down, you know, two o'clock in the morning to the, uh, studios at state lake and delivering a monologue yeah i i I don't think Lori lightfoot would have liked it absolutely i can tell you uh plenty of times you ray and john that working for don and roma that you would you would take oh i don't know a press release per chance from a a police saying oh it's outing any numbers or or look at this and you hand a press release to to don and don says what's this i don't want this He's going to tell me all this. This is nothing. I got to. I need the, the the truth behind this. That's the difference, in my opinion, is that between like a Don Wade and a, and a Steve Cochran. Steve, you could hear in that clip is is just reading back to him the press release saying, "Oh, look, you so you got you did this. Oh, 40 percent. Oh, that's amazing. How did you do? You know, a wonderful, just, right? Yeah, and not questioning and not challenging it. And it's clearly not the reality that people are living in. Well, John, I'm sure this will come as a shock to you and Jeff, but modern media is not what it used to be. (laughs) And that oftentimes, oftentimes we see that it's just a regurgitation of the press release as opposed to reporting and fact finding and doing the actual legwork and, you know, gumshoe work to figure out if the person you're speaking to speaking with is actually telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. And we see that more and more. And this is a perfect example of that. Um, this narrative-driven politics that we see in Chicago, where if you just keep repeating the lie, people are going to eventually believe it, comes yeah. from the mayor on down. Yes. And now we have the police department at the command level trying to spin that same garbage, um, hoping that people believe it as well. But Chicagoans aren't dumb. They know what their eyes are seeing and what their ears are hearing. They hear the bullets. They see the carjackings. They see the criminality all around them. And someone with a gold star on their shirt is not going to convince them that their eyes are lying to them. What does it say, though, in the, when people have to make a decision, a critical decision, like the, where the, their vote for the mayor of Chicago? What does it say when the, when the, politicians political class doesn't fear lying to the media because i'll tell you i've worked with people who they feared and i think uh i was one you know if if they they, Mm -hmm. i guarantee you that if this guy had uh pulled this stunt on my show i would have basically you would have heard him screaming (laughs) <laughs> all the way to LaSalle Street, and the mayor, 
And if he had gone after Don, if he had done this to Don Wade, the mayor herself would have crawled to the lake, to WLS studios, dragging the head, political head of, <laughs> of, of the offending police officer. Uh, and you don't see that now because they don't care because there's the media is so woke. They don't care. They don't care. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it, it's, it's a, and it's even crazy. I mean, the wokeness thing is, is, is so a little more modern, you know, incarnation of it, but it's, it started one you know, companies were, were gutting these media groups and firing people like me, who are the ones who are in charge of finding the facts and finding the actual data points and comparing it to the BS in these press releases and, and highlighting it and giving it to a Don Wade who we could then, let the people know and ask those hard questions and hold people accountable. But that those days are long gone. I mean, we're talking skeleton crews of people who are just trying to keep the lights on in these stations. And then you have hosts who, you know, don't want to be seen as, as unfriendly to the politicians. We've talked about this before, you know, cause they yeah. want the scoop. They want the conversation. And, and even to an extent, especially with police matters, you don't want to be seen as challenging the police or being negative to police. You know, this, this idea that, if you do that, then somehow you don't support them in, in the first responders and their mission. And, and then it becomes a whole other thing. But that's where the wokeism kind of kind of falls into. Uh, the and Jeff, that's a very inter- and that's a very interesting intersectionality there that you bring up, because especially for someone like you guys or me, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily known for being anti-police. Right. right. We're very much known for being law and order kind of guys yeah. and yet we can still criticize the police department because we can call bs when we see it right. and the only way that i think that i think we all agree is that you restore the confidence in the department is if the department's telling the truth and coming mm-hmm. up with solutions or at least acknowledging the problem yes. if you have a commander who's trying to paper over the issues to make the boss look good right. possibly in the hopes of getting a promotion well then no amount of friendly law or supportive law, uh, law and order reporting or politicians are going to save you for destroying your own credibility. And I yeah. think that is something that um, we see more and more of knowing that the newsrooms aren't what they used to be, that politicians, and I'll say this even from the mayor's race, that there were outlets who told me that they had to slow back my presence on TV because they were getting calls from the fifth floor and threats of being pulled out of the newsroom. If they gave me too much time to air my air, my grievances. Really? So if you're yeah. able to allow the politicians to control who you and who and what you report, I mean, that is, that is a, a direct violation of the constitution of this country, which guarantees a free press in mm-hmm. my opinion. Well, who are um, those, who are those uh, media outlets that told you that? There were some mainstream outlets. I'll put it that some big mainstream outlets in the city of Chicago who said that. Any of them with a W in front of their name? <laughs> Either an Aren't LS they all with or a W, LS yeah, or GN or IND or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, WMAQ. I mean, they all start with a W because we're uh, east of the oh, Mississippi River, yeah, John. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Right? Yes. And that, and you're right. So yes, with a W. 
<laughs> You're right. I mean, that is this weird freedom of speech kind of idea. And it used to be in this town that it was, you know, you, you no offense, right? But the you know, you didn't believe anything a politician said. I mean, I remember as a as a kid, you know, my dad listening to WBBM, you know, for the morning news and whatnot, and calling out, you say, Well, you know, son, you believe you know, half of what you hear and none of what you see, you'll be all right in this world, especially when it's, it's, it's an elected official, you know, and now those days are gone. It doesn't, you don't even question it, what they're telling you. And, and I, and I think too, that part of that is not just the media's fault. I mean, this is how we're raising our children to have no critical thinking skills. We just take what is given at face value and say, then that is correct. And I think that's a, a, a downfall that has to be corrected either in the home or in the classroom. And only one of those isn't unionized. <laughs> you know, it's tough to see what's happening to Chicago, but part of the way to get out from the hole that the city has dug itself into is to uh, elect responsible leadership. What do you see going on in the mayor's race now that you're not no longer a candidate? I think we're going to see some uh, interesting politics evolve. Some, And I think part of this race is going to be, though that you have several candidates trying to make it to the, to the next round, um, mm-hmm. there's going to be a natural inclination to be a race to the bottom. I don't think you're going to see a campaign that uplifts people. I think you're going to see a campaign that tries to tear each other apart, unfortunately. And I, I think without giving away too much for my future column here, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I think that there are candidates, if you look at all of them, they come with their own set of pluses and minuses. And the question right. is, who has more pluses than minuses? Um Money will be an issue. The dark horse that we've always talked about is, will the governor be joining in and doing uh, yeah. another $20 million assist? Hasn't he already? Someone, um, not, not, I think it's rumored, but I, I don't think it's been, the check has been written. Um, Which side I know of 26th that, Street? Okay, you're Latino, Alderman. <laughs> Which side of 26th Street is he going to, is, is Pritzker going to hang? Well, that's that's going to be how's the question. Go, what's he going to? How's he going to represent? <laughs> what purple? You know what? What colors? Like uh, gold and white, or something <laughs> else? Gee, John, can, I I don't think I caught I'm the reference. An, can you be any clearer? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm such a jerk, right? <laughs> I'm I mean, such a jerk. Speak to that. That's crazy, though, right? I mean, think about this. We were just talking about the mayor, you know, having Gator Bradley at her side, and then yeah. you know, we let's flash back to. Oh, yeah. Chewy Garcia's campaign for mayor got blown up by Phil Ponce because he brought up his son. Like, how far away from... Was it Samuel? That Samuel, uh, the two-sixer? Was it Sam? uh, Yeah, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. I I mean, this is where we're at in Chicago right now. Right. And I think, you know, how do you have... Crime is the number one issue and a leading contender for mayor having a gangbanger for a son. I don't even know what wacky world we live in where right. that even it's, makes sense. It's, it's like upside down um, times. Um, and that's 100% accurate, Jeff. And there have been times I've even asked my husband, I'm like, are we the crazy ones? Because it yes. sometimes feels like we are. 
like because we have a, a belief in right and wrong and that we think that there should should be certain standards of society adhered to mm-hmm. that we're the crazy ones because everyone else seems to not give a rat's behind and just say hey let's just do whatever we want and i think we're not at the moment no matter what anyone says where we've hit bottom to realize that we have to go back up because i think this campaign like i've said about the administration mm-hmm. every time you think you can't get any lower we go lower and i don't think we've hit well rock the the bedrock yet we haven't and you know what before anyone starts wringing their hands and saying you're just going after minorities uh let me just tell you something the chicago police department's top man for years the chief of detectives the de facto police superintendent the one who could get you transferred across the city or you know the one who was met as a rock star in every district every station that he went to was the mobs man the the jewel, mobs jewelry heist guy detective chief of detectives william hanhart mm-hmm. who used to play mobsters on tv right hitman on tv and uh so let's before you ring your hands like oh kaz you're all you're only against minorities no right i've never been that way and i remember hanhart lifting his glass to salute me it's a styrofoam glass of water in the uh in the federal court before he was uh sentenced so don't bring me that crap yeah Right. And Ray, you alluded to this earlier about the, about the, the Chicago fire. And I know, John, I'm sorry, be still your heart. <laughs> but I mean, this is the stuff that just gets w- washed over and looked over. I mean, the casino deal for this town is is just rife with kickbacks, allegedly, and and, and misgivings and, and insider backroom deals. And Ray, can you give our listeners uh, some insight into what, what you were talking about earlier in the fire? Yeah, so... At the September meeting of the city council, uh, a land swap deal giving 26 acres of CHA-owned property to Chicago Fire so they could build a, 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 a training center on the west side of Chicago was approved. And less than six weeks later, 57 days to be exact, Lori Lightfoot received a $25,000 contribution from the team's owner, Joe Mansueto. So there are laws in place that prevent campaign contributions being asked or expected when you're doing business with the city of Chicago. There's an executive order signed by Lori Lightfoot herself saying that no business doing business with the city of Chicago shall be uh, allowed to contribute to her campaign. And yet Mm -hmm. here we are cashing a $25,000 check weeks after giving them land aimed at providing housing for residents displaced by the Abla Homes demolition. The council had to approve it. Did the council approve it? Well, this was a a rare scenario, John, where the zoning committee rejected this proposal Mm. on a Tuesday. And then Lori Lightfoot pushed the zoning committee to reconvene Wednesday, an hour before city council was to gather and reintroduced it as a substitute, passed it, uh, and then put it forth to the full city council two hours later. 
Are you telling me that the zoning, that what is going on? The zoning, the guys behind the zoning, were any of them named pastries? <laughs> like from La- Harlem and Harlem and uh, Lake Street? Come on. What? What are you telling me? What are you telling me? All oh, I boy. know is that it doesn't take a rocket scientist mm-hmm. or a formal former federal prosecutor yeah. to know that this looks bad. Right. I mean, this is the stuff she took a victory lap for, uh, you know, in the first few months of her her, her tenure as, as mayor about Alderman Burke, you know, and showing him that she was going to yep. take down the power structure and, and yeah, she's these backroom Jeff, Burger King deals. Jeff, if, if, if this was a Burger King on Pulaski <laughs> with some Irish guy doing it, yeah. she'd be all over him. But, but here it's on the west side. Preventing people from having homes where they used to live in their own communities and giving it to a billionaire for $25,000. Come on. We need, we need a good soccer team. Okay. Come on. (laughs) Hey, she could have sold them Soldier Field. Yeah. (laughs) Sell them Soldier Field. I don't care. But you know, but my, but the point I think too, is that it's not just what she did, John. And let's be clear, you know, Jeff, Jeff, we just had this conversation about the media. Mm-hmm. How is it the media didn't even blink right. when this was done? If it wasn't for me pushing forward after Mick Dumkey at ProPublica did a tweet on it, nobody would be even reporting this right now. Channel, uh, you know, Chicago Tonight, all the mainstream television, the print, none of them would have reported this. I love, yeah, I love it when they wring their hands. Yeah, I love it when they wring their hands. Like, oh my God, this happened. Oh, but you know, but the, <laughs> but the same, but the same applies too, guys. When you think about you, you know, Jeff, you brought up the casino. Right. Not one. Nobody was concerned nope. that her budget numbers were off. Right. Nobody concerned was concerned that her revenue was off. Nobody was concerned that her uh, deputy mayor for Baloney Samir, <laughs> what's his face, Maya Car. Um, <laughs> Throughout the RFP that was already accepted, just mm-hmm. so that they could request Bally's to come in as their favored partner, even though somebody already replied to the request. Ray, Nobody you- blinked an eye that her campaign contributor and landlord, Al Friedman, who's donated $23,000 in in kind and direct donations to her, is magically picked as the temporary casino right. location. Sure, nothing going on here. And it's more the case of people, like you were saying, that are just taking her numbers on face value and saying, well, look what it's going to do, all these jobs. Da, da, da. So she worked hard to get it here. Or make it. And it's all pipe dream. It's all this you know, perfect scenario, which is not even going to come close to you know, fruition. It's going to be this, oh, it's some, you know, the, you know, the parking meter deals, or it's going to be all this other crap that we're sold and no one challenges. Is anyone going up to Chewy Garcia? Like I would say, does the Tribune put sticking a microphone in Chewy Garcia's face and saying, what do you think about this, Chewy? Are you going to stand against this? Anybody? No, no. Are they asking Chewy to explain why he got FTX Bitcoin money for his reelection with no (laughs) opponent? (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Wait a second. Wait, isn't Chewy? Isn't he didn't John? Do we have two hours for the show? Because we're on a roll here. So <laughs> yeah, I know. He, I thought he represented Pilsen. I thought I think I thought right. he had some homeboys, you know, in the media. Like you know, at least, hey man, I love you, man. Like something. Oh my god! 
I'm so I love t- the accent, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> so, so, you know what? It's I grew up with accents. Okay. You know, that's, yeah. that's how I, you know, uh, changing it from Greek to, uh, to Mexican is just an inflection point. That's all. It's the same thing. And I, and I, and all the guys like Chewy, like, uh, no, like Sava and, uh, all the other butchers that we had at the store, they taught me well. So, What's the next step for Ray Lopez? For me, hopefully returning back to the city council. You know, I, we have a new ward with new communities, but thankfully my office has been servicing my residents, my new residents in Canaryville, Chicago Lawn, and Gage Park since the map was approved. So um, I think we'll be in good shot and a good spot there, especially considering that one of my opponents is a democratic socialist. Uh, former chief of staff to a socialist alderman who was in full support of burning the city to the ground during the 2020 riots. Um, so you can't make any more of a starker contrast between policy and person. I'd like to say um, that's but, disqualifying, Ray, but I don't know these days. I, I would, I w- you know, I would love to have made it a terminable offense when she was a city employee for encouraging that nonsense, mm-hmm. but um, she quit before I could get her. Mm-hmm. Um But I think for me personally, you know, I had the great pleasure, guys, of being able to run for several months as a citywide candidate and not to get all gushy. But I got to see many new neighborhoods and meet many new people who most aldermen never get to interact with. And it's really given me a a truly global perception now that I, I look forward to bringing back to the city council, especially as one of its now potentially more senior members. Um, to help guide the body to realize that, yes, there are things that we need to focus on locally, but this body that we call city council needs to start taking a more global perspective. And having seen it and witnessed it firsthand uh, and understanding how the wards aren't just islands to themselves, but interconnected in this great city of ours, um, I think it's going to be a huge benefit uh, for not only myself and my ward, but for the city and helping guide some of the uh, legislation there. And of course, using my knowledge of the body um, that I've gotten from my neighbor, Alderman Burke, who's retiring, uh, to try and guide the guide it now that so much of the institutional knowledge is leaving this right. body. Um, we need to help make sure that the 30, 40, or possibly even 50% of the new members who are just walking in fresh off the boat, so to speak, understand how to be good aldermen and not just soapbox want to be congressmen. Well, uh, to run, to be alderman means you put a lot of yourself at risk. You put your life at risk in some respects. I've seen, again, I'm mentioning it, that I've seen with my own eyes our guest here, Ray Lopez, Alderman, 15th Ward, challenge violent gangbangers directly to their face after some of their members were caught riding up and down his ward with long guns. And you know the thing about a long gun? It could kill you from across the alley, all right? And it's easier to, it's easier to aim. And Ray is not a huge man, and he's he's a lot slimmer than I am. So so <laughs> you're a smaller target, 
But still, Ray, you stood up to them, and I give you credit for that, my friend. Um, nothing's going to change on that front, and I think for that, a lot of my neighborhoods are happy. And, and Ray, before we let you go, I got, I got a little personal business, you know, just nothing super. Speaking of the neighborhoods, though, what's the deal with speed tables, like the speed bumps in neighborhoods? I feel like they pop up like weeds in this city. Like all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, what? why is there a speed bump on this street? Because there's one in front of my house, and I can't <laughs> tell you every like three minutes, out. it's bump, 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 like the sound. Like it's just slow it's, down, it's, man. Right. Well, it's not me. I mean, I don't, I, I drive around it, right? I avoid it. But my aunt is, you know, she's in her 80s and she's trying to watch TV and watch her shows. And she's just, it drives her insane, the sound. And no one, there was no petition. There was no like, hey, we're going to, do we, we need these? Should we put these in? Like all of us, they just pop up. What's the deal with that? Talk to your alderman. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's usually where it comes from. Talk to your alderman. But generally speaking, petitions come in handy to give them cover. But rarely do they just randomly just say, I'm going to put it here because I want to like that. All right. Well, I'll have to petition my alderman. <laughs> and we have to petition this alderman to come back Absolutely. with us again. Um, Ray, thank you so much. And uh, I will not edit you hard when you turn it in, <laughs> but I do edit every, every, all the guest columns. So it'd be interesting to see what Ray Lopez wants to, how he wants to break down, how he wants to address everything. And that's why you're uh, a reader of the favorite website, johncastnews.com. Thank you, Ray Lopez. Thanks, Ray. For being here, man. Thank you, guys. Bye, Ben. Well, Jeff Carlin, in the context of the media, what's happened to media, and how can people make decisions about their city with uh, the media broken on its own, the rocks of its own woke ideology where, where do you stand how do you see it before we go just the media landscape as it is now i mean yeah. Tom way would say too. follow the money they strip these companies out so they run super efficiently they, they mitt romney them if you will and it happens to the point where there's no editors you know that, that's one of the things that everyone's missing in, in all sorts of media uh, establishments is the idea right. of Ethical editors who are who do the take the job seriously and and realize the power of communication that isn't you know isn't really understood. I mean, look at look at things like Facebook and look at things like Twitter that were you know they swing in, in, on a whim based on who's can, running them, and that whim trickles down into this this you know powerful force of of communication where people then. Can be swayed to believe whatever whatever the the arbiters want them to believe, and it if you look at how Facebook is is completely just upended our elections process by through misinformation, through removing information that it, that isn't from targeting, through allowing foreign entities to target people with with information that they want. I mean, it's just become so diluted that people don't know even know when they're being lied to anymore, and there used to be. This idea that at the very least, somebody was in line there to say this information is not, you know, right. Or if this information is not right or is information is is not provable, to say, hey, you know, they're putting this out there. We can't prove this. 
So just so you know, take this with a big grain of salt because we don't know. You know, they we we haven't gotten the, all the the truth yet. You know, that used to be out there. None of that happens anymore. It's oh look, they said the the crime numbers are down. Oh, hey, let's repeat uh, it. Yeah, let's repeat exactly. it because Lori would love us if we repeat it. And if Don Wade were alive, and this had happened to another host on his station, he would have still peeled them, and yeah. he would have demanded accountability. Absolutely. I'm not trying to take I'm not trying to take personal shots at anybody there. You you don't want to be as conservative as I am. It's okay. You want to be uh you know more of a Mitt Romney Republican. That's your business. But when you participate or are accused of participating in some sort of misinformation scam that's coming from the police department as per CWB. Mhm. Uh, it, there's a problem then, and and it, it, to to that point, I mean, Don Wade would would challenge. You know, you said the people in his own office. You know, he would not take it lightly, and not even in the sense of oh, you're carrying their water oh. as much as hey, you know, who, you know, man up, woman up, do your job. You know, your job is not to be their mouthpiece. Your job is to challenge them because that's how we get the best of the best, and that's how we don't get screwed, and that's how we wind up. You know, we don't get stupid meter deal you know parking meter deal oh yeah bad casino deals or bad deals on fixing soldier field or, or lies about cops right lies about cops or even you know we either we, way yeah either yeah. way there are people out there uh jeff carlin is one of them that you can you can trust uh i give you my word on that <laughs> thanks john yeah I, I, thanks jeff Thanks, John. And uh, it's you too, obviously. I mean, that there's this you, you questioning is not a bad thing. You want to know? Someone. You want to know uh, a commentator, a reporter? There's where they stand. Mm-hmm. Look at their enemies. Look at the ones who would silence them. Mm-hmm. Look at the ones who would slander and shut them up, and then make your determination. Absolutely. Anyway, for Alderman Ray Lopez of the Three Dogs, now <laughs> writing writing a piece for me. Thank you at johncastnews.com. And maybe I shall pay with uh you know some various foods from his new neighborhood, from his new ward. <laughs> I'm thinking of um Iberia Zaragoza, which is one of my favorite taco places. It's forty eighth and Pulaski. And for Jeff Carlin, WGN radio producer, former WLS producer for John Cass, and also former WLS producer for Don Wade. Yeah. Don the Wade great Roma. late yeah. Don Wade in Roma. Yeah. Although she's alive and I. Yes, she is. Right? Yes, she is. Okay. And for me, John Cass, husband, father executive editor or whatever I am at johncastnews.com. <laughs> Thanks for staying with us so long. I know it's been a long one, but we have things to discuss. Join us again, won't you, for a shorter edition next time of the 